This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. It's a great pleasure for us tonight um, to have Rabbi Aaron speak to us and um, go into the uncharted territory of answering any questions that may be asked. I'm not um, not sure um, that it's um, as big a challenge as I think it is. Um, Rebarn really needs no introduction to anybody here. Rebarn is Rashiva of our yeshiva. Um, someone who has been extremely supportive of us in every single way. It's a pleasure to be able to talk over chinuch issues, halach issues, hashkaf issues um, with with Rashiva. And last week we had a yomiyun where we were we had the exclusive hearing from Reb Shalom Kamenetsky, who will reappear in a future week and um, tonight we have the pleasure of hearing from Rabaran. Rabaran will first speak for a few minutes, Divrei Chizuk, and then we'll take questions. I have a number that came in to me this afternoon which I'll start with and anybody who wants to ask the questions there's a Q&A on the bottom you could send them in that way I see they're lining up already so Without further ado, it's my special schuss to introduce Rabaran to address us tonight. Um, first of all, I would like to give a big yeshukayach to um, the girls who have put together the Haggadah. It was an extremely pleasant moment on a, on a Pesach that sort of had its challenges and so on. Um, it was a bright spot. Both it was it was beautiful, both in terms of the content and the layout, and uh, very admirable. And Bez uh, in times that are easy, we should have as many accomplishments, if not more Bez Hashem. So Yashakayach to everyone who was involved in it and so on. I guess I wanted to discuss maybe a point that helps us understand again from the Tkufa we're going through. In other words, well, besides the picture of all the difficulties, I'm sure for many of you, um, schooling has been affected to one degree or another, as as much as the, the staff is doing a, a, a really heroic efforts that things should go well, it's still probably not quite what it could be. And we need to ask ourselves, what is it that we do gain from this kufa. Kaddish Baruch puts us through different kufas, and he wants us to get something from it. So I want to actually start with a Rashi, the very first Rashi in this week's parasha. The, the, the uh, avoda of Yom Kippur is done in the most sensitive spot that is in the world, in the Kaddish HaKadoshim, on the most sensitive day. And everyone understands that everything has to be done extremely precisely and not to do anything wrong because 
you're talking about the place with the most Kedusha, at the time of the year of the most Kedusha, at the high point. And the Pasuk starts with, now he goes and tells it to him. So Rashi explains why. So Rabbi says that, imagine two scenarios. A doctor comes in and he gives you advice. Don't eat this and don't do that because it's, um, it's not good for your health and so on. That's the second scenario is somebody goes into a doctor and he says, you see this dead guy? This is what you're going to be if you continue doing whatever you're doing. That has a much more powerful effect. And therefore the parsha of um, in Achrimos um, in order to impress on how uh, careful you need to be in Kosh it's by saying, your own sons went, did something wrong, and that's why it happened. So that's, that, that's an incredibly powerful uh, explanation of Chazal. Um, do, do, do you really think that the first person didn't believe the doctor? I mean, and, and, you know, different people have different ways of dealing with medical information. But what about Arna Koyen? Did you really think that Arna Koyen was going to have any um, doubts about doing what's right? So let's take a, a careful look at Rashi. Rashi doesn't say the first one listens, the second one not. He doesn't say that the first one, the second one believes him, the first one not. He says, Zeh. It's a lot more, it puts a lot more pressure on him. In other words, we need to understand that we have two dimensions of how we react. One dimension is, um, do we do X, do we do Y? And that's based on information. That's great. But how quick are we to respond? With what alacrity, what intensity? Um, that depends on a certain emotional thrust. And that happens because of physical stimuli, not because of cerebral information. That's a result of a stimulus of one of the senses. When I see the person who's nifted in front of me, that, 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 that makes my body go tizzy. It makes every part of me run to do what I'm supposed to do. A very, similar, um, a, a very similar point is made by the Ikrim. The Ikrim is a very important sefer. It was written by Yosef Alba at the end of the 1400s in Spain. It deals with the Ikrim Muna. It once upon a time was considered a, a sort of a textbook on it. And the Ikrim asks, in Parshas Kisisa, it says that HaKadosh Baruch told Moshe, Lech Reit Kishich go down, because your nation has gone to, 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 to Pap, they're worshiping over the Zor, it's terrible. He runs down with the Luchas, and then when he went down to the Machna and he saw the eagle, he got angry, he threw down the Luchas and smashed it. So Nikram asks, is the halacha that when Kaisal is being over the Zor, that you're supposed to smash it or not? So, so if yes, when HaKadosh Baruch told me about the Zerah, did he have any doubt? So at that moment, he should have smashed it. W- why did he wait until he saw it? 
so the Ikram says, and I'll, I'll paraphrase it a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce a point he doesn't mention clearly, but I think it's the same idea. There's, it says by a goal hadam, when somebody avenges the blood of, of someone who was killed by Shogay, it says, when, when he feels very, very intense about it, there are certain things that the Torah allowed, permitted, um, or, or restricted to those times when a person is emotionally very intense. So even though there was not one drop of a lack of emuna that this is what happened, Akash Baruch told him, there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no question. But the impact it makes on a person when he lives through it physically is very, very different. And that's why when he saw it, that prompted the reaction of smashing the luchas. I'd like to talk a few minutes about ourselves. Baruch Hashem, we live in one of the most beautiful kufas in Klal Yisrael's existence. Um, the, the, you know, whenever people say never, never was there anything like this, about 101 things, I laugh. I, I'm, I'm, I, um, in, in my memory, things were so much worse in Ruchnius and Gashmias and in the memory of my parents who came from Europe, things were still much worse. And if you read history and learn history, things were very difficult. We're living in one of the most beautiful tkufis, really, in terms of health. The, the level of healthcare um, that we have today was never, it's unparalleled in history. The level of comfort, lack of worry. You know, in, in my parents' days, it, it, people struggled with, most families didn't always know they'd have a, a meal uh, every meal on the table. Having a meal on the table was, was a question mark. People didn't literally starve to death, but they went hungry for days. Um, the Ruchnius, believe it or not, we have a much, much better Ruchnius situation than for a long time before. So Baruch Hashem, it's a Baruch Hashem that, that we have good things. But it also means that many of the items that we, that, that we, that Many of, the, many of those pathways of connecting Kaddish Baruch Hu, when a person has a sense of deep need, of distress, um, and so on, um, it's, it's, uh, it's something that we don't always feel it. There was a young man who asked me very innocently about davening for the football team. I, you'll excuse me, I don't remember which one. was the Ravens, the Redskins, this one, that one, the other one to win about Davin Fit. I told him I'm so pleased to hear that that's what you're planning a Davin for, because it means that all the sick people have been healed, all the hungry people have meals, all, all the young people looking for a Shidduch have found it. And now number 93 on the list, the, the Redskins winning is now up for grabs. I mean, that's the life we have. Baruch Hashem, we don't have immediate contact with difficulties. And, and so we believe it, and, it, and, and we, everyone believes that Kaddish Baruch gives us, and we, we, we all believe in it. That's not the problem. And the teachers tell it to us, and the rabbi tells us, that's all fine. We don't ever have that immediate emotional impact. For the first time in, in, in your lives, for the first time in many of our lives, the idea that no one is sure who's going to start coughing, and then three days later, you, the newspaper and the headlines the next morning, 
this person, that person, the other person. Doctors don't know, have no idea. No one knows. We, are, we know it's a virus and we know it's contagious. That's about it. And it's, 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 there's no, you can't just pick up a phone and call the doctor. The doctor says, I don't really have what to do. Um, finances. Things are, are I, I, maybe this will, will take a while to sing, but there are many people that have no jobs and they don't know if tomorrow there'll be a job. And, and, and people who have invested money, well, if there's nobody around to, to if no one's working, no one has money, investments are not going to be worth much either. There's no market for it. We don't know where we're holding with it. And, and for the first time, we have an immediate sense of distress, of, of uh, bewilderment. Of, of a clear sense of we have no idea where it's like a, a microscope. We just don't know where, what, when, how. Um, it's a very powerful experience. I don't think any amount of teaching, um, meaning somebody speaking and, uh, and uh, is reading or anything like that could possibly give you the type of powerful um, sense of helplessness of uncertainty, of distress, and so on. So we are misspelled that it should be over as quickly as possible, that it should be just a, a bad dream kind of that we wake up from and leaves nothing but kind of a vague memory. But it can leave a very strong um, impact on our sense of what's real, what, what our Kaddish Baruch who gives, what's needed, what's the importance of a life, um, how to, 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 and the, the, the importance of using time. We, we, we all have a general sense of how much we expect to live because Baruch Hashem, today people live long, but all of a sudden that, that's not, not, nothing is given anymore. So those are very they're distressful, they're somewhat difficult, but they also give us a dimension of connecting to reality in a way that we could never do by books, reading, storytelling, or anything like that. Bez Hashem, we should take, the, 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 let that just be the basis for the warning of the Rafi, like Rashi says. And when life comes back to normal, we should be able to have um, a much better sense of what's important, um, how dependent we are on Siat Rishmaya, that the, the smooth flow of life and everything about it is an illusion. And Bertsono Mikatzer and Bertsono Meirich and Bertsono, everything is 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 Baruch Hashem. Hashem has created such a wonderful illusion, but it's an illusion, and it's something that was so dependent on Hashem. Our our relationship to Hashem and Tefillah, Baruch Hashem, will change, will change Baruch Hashem dramatically from before the Tkufa to after the Tkufa, and we'll 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 walk out much deeper people than we came into this. Okay. Um, okay. Thank you, Baron. So, uh, some of the questions actually, the girls have, must have had some kind of uh, inkling of, of what the topic, you know, what you were going to say. Maybe, maybe I just had Ruach Hakodesh. You know, <laughs> it could be. I definitely didn't. Maybe you did. Um, so, I'll I'll just try to do them in the order that I got them. Um, I understand that we are not supposed to stress over things that happen because HaKadosh Baruch Hu only does exactly what is best for us. But I also know that not only are we always supposed to daven, but we should never have a limit 
for the amount of things we daven for. So how can we understand and balance this constant encouragement and even commandment to daven without any limit at the same time as our reliance and dependence on him to do only what is best for us? Um, well, I would first of all um, take the David Amelach as an example. And when the child that he had, Macheva, was sick, he was extremely, extremely disturbed. Um, he couldn't stop davening and so on. And as soon and and, they were, and when the child died, they were afraid to tell him. And when they told him, his reaction was very, very um, soft. He said, "Well, that's the way it is. I'm going to him. He's not coming to me." And that's that. And that I think um, ex- make exactly describes the correct behavior. Hakadosh Baruch Hu partnered with us in the world, and the partnership works like this. He gives us certain situations, certain um, abilities, and a mission to accomplish. So long as we have the ability to accomplish, meaning going forward, right now I can do X, I can save such and such a person's life. So the Torah charged me with that mission, and Bechira is the dominant feature of that situation, and I have to work with all my strength as if nothing else is there. And, and Tefillah goes into that. Tefillah goes into that type of ishtadlus. Now, once something was done, something that we don't have control over, that belongs to HaRosh Baruch HaShemayim Shemayim LaShem Va'aretz Nasem Adam refers exactly to that. Within the world, we have Shemayim and Aretz, what has happened and is irreversible is Hashem. And for that, we say Hashem's, this is, he understands, and this is, this is his rotsen, and this is how he, how, he, how he made things. Going forward, anything which we have control over, we have the obligation to, um, to do what we can, including tefillah. So tefillah is something which goes hand in hand with doing, and its limit is it depends on, um, you know, until, until the point of no return. Um, next question is, what, um, what is something that we can do, work on during this time to make us feel more fulfilled? I feel that with everything going on, being stuck at home and especially not being able to go to school, I feel very unfulfilled. What are some of the things that I can do um, to help me feel more fulfilled despite the circumstances? I think um, to look at this as a difficult kufa, to make some sort of plan of use of time, understand that you're not a machine and you're not gonna sit at home and follow a regular schedule, but if you're able, whatever you're able to do consistently at home, time-wise, see that as an important accomplishment because school years, as much as you think it's going to last for an eternity, it will come to an end. For some of you this June, for others the June after, or the June after. That doesn't make a difference. It's, it's, all, it's, going to, it's, a, it's a tkufa that's, that comes to an end. And then you, you're, you're, you're in life. And... and 
the, you're all over the place. Person is married, person has kids, a person has a job. And the ability to be able to set your own um, schedule and time and be able to stick to it is, is, is probably the most important skill that you could master. So here's your chance. You have a chance now to um, make some schedule and be realistic. Don't, don't make a schedule. And if you see it doesn't work, but make something that's realistic. And once you follow it, that's an accomplishment that's um, studying, you know, two hours at home is probably a lot more of a personal accomplishment than studying four hours in school. Because you're doing it without a schedule, without a, um, a group dynamic that's, that's helping you to it. And still you're doing it. And that's, and that's an extraordinary life skill. I think if you think about it, I think um, you'll feel proud and, and you will have gained a very important skill for later. Um, okay. Uh, this is, um, I, I think, a twofold question. And I apologize that I'm looking down at my phone um, which I wouldn't do with Rashida speaking, but people are texting in questions and and uh, WhatsApping questions in the uh, and then there's a Q and A. So I'm sorry. Um, people keep dying and getting sick, whether it's uh, virus related or not. And each person is trying at some level. I think each person. I think it means each person both the sick person and those that care about them are trying at some level to be better. Um, and they feel that they become better. So like, when it, is there a point where it's enough? That was one part of the question. And the second is that, and I think that this is, there's some similarities to this in some of the other questions. Obviously we don't know when this will end, but it just seems so hard that we keep on trying to be better and we work on ourselves and more and more friends are getting sick and hurt and suffering. Um, it, 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 like every big situation, um, we, we have to look at it as a bigger picture. A magaifa, a, 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 a pandemic, endemic, uh, you know, is something which uh, is is a uh, it, it can't be measured in a particular instance. It's like this happened. I did this. It's a tkufa. It, it's a whole tkufa of hanhagaf um, and We won't. We may never understand it fully. We may understand some of it. Things like this have happened all through history. Magefos, gzeros, Kurbanos, things like that. Um, we need to do. We need to do what we need to do, but it, it's very hard on something like this, which is really something that is uh, uh, an epidemic. Something that's sort of uh, is a big, a, a big event. It's a world-shaking event. Um, I don't know. I don't think to, it's very, very sh kind of short-sighted to stand now and try to, to make any type of understanding of it. On my personal level, it's a prompt, very, very powerful prompt. I begin to see how fragile life is, how fragile um, everything is, and I need to, to change course. But how much will affect that and so on, it's not a personal thing. It's a big hanhog of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and I don't think we should connect the two. 
Um, another question is about tefillah. Um, how, what can one do to make sure um, that you daven every day during periods when you feel disconnected? And on the bigger picture, keeping up a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when you don't feel much, um, mostly you're in a rut or whatever. And how do you, in a certain sense, you know that you're supposed to do these things, but how do you motivate yourself to do these things? Or what can you do to motivate yourself to do these things? Especially, like, you know, the Tkufa um, requires something, but the car doesn't start. You know, it keeps on turning over and over and the engine doesn't catch. I think, I think that's the sense of the question. So I'm, I'm not sure if the person can most of them because they don't know people that are not well, they don't understand how difficult situations. So I definitely think reading about these things and at least even the newspaper, you know, the, the Modia or the Ated or the Mishpachan, read about some of these people and the families they've left over and the situations and the devastation. I think that would be helpful so to, to arouse our empathy, if, if that's the piece that's missing. If we're too numb, then I think, in other words, the other way, with too much hurt, I think, make believe you would be a doctor in an emergency ward. Even if, if you become numb, you do it because you have to do it. You know that it depends on it. Tefillah is an important component of what a Kachbaru wants from to go for like this. And therefore, um, it, doing it, even if you don't feel emotionally charged now, but this is, this is right. So just like a doctor, even if his hands and feet are numb and he couldn't care less if somebody's living or dying, but he does it because that's his mission. And, and uh, so this is, this is our mission. Tefillah is a piece of the puzzle. And therefore, doing the type of tefillah that we're required to do is, is, is a very important piece of it. Um, next question is, how do we celebrate happy things appropriately, a simcha, during this time? It's like, it seems incongruous. So there are two reasons to celebrate simchas now. Um, one is, if it's somebody else's simcha, um, and uh, the, um, you know, and make the other person feel good, um, let me share something, a personal note with people. Um, my, one of my children um, has uh, an adopted son who became an orphan at the age of three months. And um, he married this, this boy, the, his mother and raised him as a child. And he was looking forward to his bar mitzvah, which was a Shredish Nissen. That was like, he was looking forward tremendously, obviously. And then they closed everything down a week before, two weeks before. And um, it, it, he, they live in, in, in an area that was especially affected in Eretz Yisrael and Telstone. And therefore, they couldn't, there was, they, they couldn't even invite people over to, to the backyard. It was nothing. It was, it was locked in. And the boy did not want to get up in the morning of his bar mitzvah day. He said, what's the point of it? Very down. Obviously, very down, very depressed. He's looking so forward to this and this and that. They finally convinced him to do it. And um, the first surprise he had was um, we all zoomed in, all my children zoomed. And one of my children was able to get like 
government ministers and the Rav Rashi and, and every important person at Stroll to send personal wishes to the boy. And the boy was ecstatic. And then the next day, the Tellstone uh, municipality, if you want to call it that, it's, it's about as big as half a can mill, but they have a municipality actually. They, they all of a sudden they sent a flat truck with a group of real Lebedekah Chassidisha um, singers. They stood in front and they sang to him. And wow. So when you have a simch of somebody else, somebody needs to be cheered up whether it's somebody who is, um, is, is somebody who's had a, a long way for simcha, chasana kala, in, in a way that you're allowed, I'm not, not talking about um, doing something that's medically not right, um, something like a bar mitzvah boy, uh, or, or somebody who needs to be lifted up, then it's a very appropriate. I also think when it's, in, when it's you know, in, in the right situation, even a personal simcha, um, a person needs to feel um, positive, understand it's a hard kufa, but there's somebody there holding our hand. And, and to keep that uh, going, a person needs individually to have some sense of simcha. So measured to, with the right amount, it's important for yourself also to, to, to understand it's a hard kufa, but Hashem will weather it and, and because there's somebody here with us. So having that occasional moment of simcha is, is appropriate. Um, always, but especially in times like this, how should a person go about their normal day? On one hand, we want to say, till him for everyone in Klal Yisrael needs refuah. But on the other hand, we can't just sit all day saying till him as much as we wish we could. Also, how should a person choose if they have a lot of tillum chants? Which to say tillum on better is it better to say a lot for one person who needs refua, or a few prakim for many different people? So, I would say to keep it within the limits of what once it starts becoming a burden and you lose feeling and things that we're mechuyev to do tefillah we're mechuyev the 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 the, the uh, every day, and that's something, whether in the mood for it or not, we do it. That's our obligation. Things like saying Tillam and so on, it's important that a person measures it in a way that is, um, in a way that he feels that it's still meaningful to him. Because anything that's lifnimishorosadin, like for slichas, it says, slichas, the shohar says, tov me'at, so here also, person should should pick, and if you need to have five people that are saying the same periktilm for, if the periktilm is said from the bottom of your heart, it'll work for five people. If it's said by rote because you have this long list that you have to check off, I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I, my feeling is based on this halacha, that tov me'at bekavana, to choose the amount that you feel you can do with feeling with kavana. And if it's a bunch of people, it's a bunch of people. Um, okay, here's a few um, halacha questions. I was wondering at one point this week, I wasn't sure if I remembered to count the Omer, but it was after I already said Hamapil. And is it a problem to count it then? Because if I said Hamapil already, it's a half sick, or what should I do? 
so a, a woman has no chiyuv really to, to count sphera. So um, I would say for her to wait till tomorrow and count tomorrow. Uh, hopefully she'll remember. <laughs> um, but I, it's, being that for a woman it's not a chiyuv, then 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 probably she shouldn't. Um, she should wait till tomorrow, and, and that's that. Okay. Next question. Um, also a halacha question. I have a neighbor who likes to sit outside. I, I assume this is with proper social distance, obviously, and play guitar. From certain rooms in my house, I can hear it pretty well. Should I specifically go to a different room when they're playing so that I don't hear the music during Sphere? Do I have to go to a different room? It's not, it's not so much the hearing of the music. If the person is sitting and listening to it and being Mesameach, then it's a problem. If he's going, if he or she is going about her business and sort of the music's coming in, it, it's not like an issa for music to cross your ears. It's an issa to sit and to listen to music. So if you say to yourself, wow, this guy is really amazing. I'm going to pull over a chair and listen. Then that's a problem. If you're going about your stuff, doing your things and, in the background, there's music, so so be it. Okay. Um, I'm happy this is asked to you. It seems if many of the it seems as if many of the people it's not as if but many of the people being nifter, a Russia yeshiva rabbanim rabbeim rebbes. Is there a significant message that we should take from this, or and how do we process it? I don't know. In other words, it's statistics can be misleading in the following way. Um, the names that are published in the newspapers and whose pictures are prominently presented and that are listed on the sites tend to be these type of people. Um, they don't talk about, you know, uh, people that, that uh, unfortunately, there's so many people that they, they, they only talk about prominent people. So I wonder, you know, from a, from a point of view of, you know, if, if, if to make a statement that would be um, real, we'd have to ask ourselves, um, you know, to take a statistical sample and ask ourselves how many people do we consider Rabban Rashiva, some people not, of those having the nifta. I don't know. I don't know the answer. It's, it's, it's probably because the Navaminsky Rebbe Zechon of Rachel takes up a page and gets an Askara and we talk about it and, and others. I, I, don't, I just don't know the answer if that's true or not. It, it definitely, if you open the paper, looks like, but, but that's self-selecting, the type of people the, 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 the paper talk about. Um, we're talking about many other people, and uh, you know, none of those are mentioned. So I, I don't know if that's a, a real observation or not. Okay. Um, I, if, I know, if we know that when Mashiach comes, the world will be perfect, it will achieve will achieve the ticking of the world. So why should we, why do we daven for anything else other than Mashiach coming? Because Chazal gave us a Shemonesra, of which there are many brachas and many things, and Mashiach. Mashiach is not a replacement for any of the other activities going on till that point. It's, it's another aspect. We need Bina, we need Chachma Kadosh we need Refuah Kadosh we need Bracha. 
this is all that Hachbar gave us. Mashiach is a tzifia. It's a hope that at some point the world reaches its tikkun. But it, it's not replacing. Mashiach is not there to solve the problems of Refu and Brachonis. The Tkufa might be a wonderful Tkufa when he comes. But that's not what it... What, right now, I have a Chiyav to go earn Panasa. I'm not allowed to say, well, Mashiach is coming tomorrow. So, um, and, and, and therefore, I'm, I'm supposed to work. I'm supposed to do whatever, whatever it takes. Um, somebody gets sick, I'm supposed to call a doctor. I'm supposed to say Mashiach is around the corner. Um, so just like I'm supposed to call a doctor, I'm supposed to dumb for it. And this means engaged in the nyanam of this world. There was a, uh, I'll share a story. It's, it's sometimes by people when, when they say it, it's very glib on their tongues. Uh, many, many years ago, many years ago, I mean like this was probably right after World War II, a certain institution wanted to open up a yeshiva in Montreal. Um, the community there, this I heard from the person who was one of the members of the community. The community there was, you know, they were like always, they were afraid that maybe it'll take away from some of the local institutions and so on. So, you know, and they, they, the other institutions said, no, we're going to bring in, there'll be a lot more people coming, a lot more funding, so it's good for the town. There was that type of disagreement. So the community wanted that yeshiva should sign that for three years, they don't raise any money from the community itself. And if the yeshiva is still viable, then, then it's a sign that the yeshiva is, is adding and bringing in Talmidim and bringing in money and so on. That was the agreement. So the head of the yeshiva said, um, I certainly would sign on that. It's not a problem. But as a maimin, be'emuna shleima, I can't, I can't, how can I sign for three years? Mashiach is going to be away before that. So, so signing for three years in agreement, to me, is against wishing for Mashiach. So the community was kind of, you know, the, the president was a little bit, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very from taina. It's very hard to do from. Then he had a great idea. He said, you know what, you're right sign that until Moshiach comes, you don't collect any money from the community. That's all. So I, I don't know how, how, how many seconds it took till he signed off on three years. But sometimes you have to be wary when, when people become very, um, you know, with Moshiach, it, it, it's, 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 it has to be realistic. People have to be, is it real that Sophia or not? We have a chiv to engage in this world um, in all in Yanim in Refur and Parnasa, in, in, in Dayan and Bina and Shalom Bayis and all of the things. Moshiach is another chilek of, of the Bria that we have a chiv to, to hope for, to daven for, and to wish for, and, and to, 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 to go for it. Um, there, this question, I, I think, goes in the framework of Shluchim, it's a Mizakin person doesn't write it, but they're, they're, they're definitely, this is what they're thinking. How do we understand that people were doing mitzvahs, uh, whether it was a mitzvah levaya, and they were harmed by doing the mitzvah that they were doing, right? They go, go to do certain mitzvahs and they were harmed by it. Attending, maybe people got the virus over Purim in Shul or doing mitzvahs on Purim. So how do we process that? Is there a... The Gemara says very clearly that wherever Shriach HaZekah this, this rule doesn't apply. And the Gemara learns it from, from a parent in Tanakh. Shmuel and Navi was supposed to go and to crown David. And he told the Kaddish Baruch, I can't go. Shaul is going to kill me. So Kaddish Baruch said, take a, take a, a behemoth, make believe you bring a carbon. You know, he, the whole, the, the, he, he gave him a ruse. So the Gemara asked, the Gemara says, because it's in places where 
um, there is a, a uh, propensity for harm to happen, that rule does not apply. And therefore, this is exactly that kufa. And anyone who knowingly, so there was a time when we really didn't know, but anyone today knowingly goes to do it is being Ivan Avera. It's just like on Shabbos, it, by keeping Shabbos when somebody's sick, you're being Ivan Avera. So you're not, a, it, the rule of, of Shulchan Mitzvah does not apply when it's Shri Hazeka. Okay, so here I, I, I'm going to ask these next two questions together because I think they, they're a little bit. Um, we're always supposed to believe that Mashiach is coming, right? And a lot of people are taking this as a sign that Mashiach is coming. Is it okay for someone to have very high hopes about it? And along with that, I think there are related questions. Is Should we be doing more tshuva than usual or just, just in general, should we be doing tshuva? So I have some strong feelings about this. Um, two, two, two things. I, 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 I know that the person who's asking it has very good intentions. I, I don't know who the person is, but I... I, I don't either. Okay. But, but let, me, let me share two points about this. First of all, it makes me sad when people say, well, this must be the Kufa Mashiach. It means our historical memory is non-existent. We're, we're, we're like an Alzheimer patient with a 10-second memory. I mean, if, this, if these are great moments, do you know how much disease and plagues there were in Europe? Do you know how many families didn't have the mother live through the childhood years because she died at some childhood? That was the norm. You, you, you'll read the stories. It, 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 it was fairly common for a woman to, 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 to pass away when, when she had a child. It, 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 um, appendix, appendicitis, Bochum Yeshiva would, there would be a Bochum would get sick with appendicitis, and that would be the end of it. Uh, typhoid, cholera. Um, they, they read, read accounts. Of, and this, this winter, there was a terrible typhoid. This person, this person, that person died. The Alta Nevardic died. His Talmudim died. It, it, it was incredible. Magefa, Magefa, um, Gzeris, Hungers. There were so many difficult Kufis in Kali Yisrael. And it's, it's, it's every life that got lost, that, that we lost now, is, is a terrible loss. But if, the idea, with the idea never, ever before, I, I mean, a little bit, I think, Darshanim are at fault. What, what's, what's never, ever before? If the before is 10 minutes, the answer is yes. But, 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 but what about in the winters, in the 50s? I, I was born right after that Kufa of polio. Where you, if your child woke up in the morning with fever, he might end up the rest of his life in, a, in an iron box. That was the reality. I, I mean, every, every little fever was suspect. Everything, so, so, so it was unfortunately, have, don't learn history. And, and it's not it, to learn, understand the reality. The same way when people, I go off a bit off topic, when people talk about this generation with such terrible nisyonos and ruchnias, we never had such a difficult ruchnias. What are you talking about? I remember when you, again, the tail end of the Kufa, when if you didn't work on Shabbos, you couldn't bring home bread to your family. That's not only Nisoyen. Um, when, when, when socialism and communism and, and, and everything swept Europe off the feet and emptied out the shivas, there was nobody left. 
that's so, so so the fact that a kid is playing on the internet and he went and he saw something he shouldn't see that's i mean it, we have this 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 short 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 vision of history and that's why we, we that's why we see all these things and and it, i i where where's where is historical perspective that one thing I find bothering. Of course, in Shiva Great Washington, we've learned history really well and uh, we will have that perspective and so on, but other schools I'm talking about. Secondly, um, Kal Yisrael lost every time there was a Mashiach thing going on. Every time. Um, in Reed, there's a, there's a book, a historically researched book done really well, the way it's supposed to be done, by somebody who is a Yekka living in Neibrak of Hamburger. Um, and only a person like that could write it. It's called Mashiach Sheka. And it goes through every Aaron Kleisol with the false Mashiachs. The Rambam has a whole letter to the Yemenite community. Now, I'll just quote the beginning because I always like it. Um, the in Yemen, in, in Yemenite community had terrible, terrible uh, Xeris and Redifus in the government. They, and, and terrible. And there was somebody there who got up who was a Mashiach and he was doing shtick. And the Rambam writes back very, very sharply to the elders who addressed it. He said, Rabbi Isai, um, I don't have, uh, he said, I have no tainas to the Mashiach Sheka. He's obviously a mentally ill person. And I, so no, I have no taina to him. He is what he is. To the Hamon Am that anytime they find a Mashiach doing crazy things, he's Mashiach, I have no tainas to him. But you wise people, why would you think a Kaddish Baruch Hu would take such an idiot to be Mashiach? And, and he says, you elders are the ones I have tightness to. Very, very strong Lashonos. We never, all, there were many Tkufas where Mashiach is coming and people did tshuva and people saw this stuff and then flat. Um, nothing, um, you know, gone. Um, it's, so the, 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 um, this pumping up of Mashiach's Someone asked a question here about Bar Kochma Akiva. Yes, Rabbi Akiva thought he's Mashiach halachically. Mashiach has certain halachic dinim. He fit the bill, and and the male there was room to talk about. It. Rabbi, Akiva, Rabbi Akiva's decision about Bar Kochma was a halachic decision. He was wrong, but he was wrong only post facto when he was killed. But Stam, every time there's a thing, people get into it. I heard a story recently for Rabbi Yaakov. I don't remember, just very recently, someone told me the following story. There was a family, I think it was in Toronto. I don't remember. I, I, I just, I heard it just recently and, uh, and, and, and with, with some of the details, I, I just don't remember. It, it, there was a family, it could be when he was in Toronto, I'm not sure, that the, 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 they, were, they were not Shoma Shabbos. And then something about Mashiach coming came into the, in, you know, came into the air and this person started becoming Shoma Shabbos. And they told Rabbi Yaakov about it. He said, go back and tell them Mashiach's not coming. And the guy was shocked. He said, what, what do you care? He's at least he's from Shabbos now. He said, listen, this Yid was a Maimon until now. He was a believer. He wasn't keeping Shabbos. He says, as soon as this Mashiach thing dissipates, he's going to lose his Amuna also. And he stopped being a believer. So, so you're not doing him a favor by riding on this false wave or so. It never did Kal Yisrael, till now, it has never done Kal Yisrael any good that we rode on this wave. So I'm making two points about this. And, and one is that um, Kal Yisrael, that, that, that uh, 
we, we, when, when people say there never was anything like this, this must be a Sheikh's times, it, it's a sad, sad, sad picture that, we, that our memory is, 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 is a 10 second memory. Um, I mean, just just learn, read, read accounts, read personal accounts. It, it, what it, it's 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 some of the nicest groups, um, and 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 so on. Secondly, the the, the riding the wave of Sheikh is a high. It's it's like bipolar type of Yiddishkeit. It's a big high, and the low is at least as low as the high, and that's what happens. Then it goes, the air goes out. And yeah, the, everyone said they had gematrius and every Muslim, and they had midrashim, and they had this, and they had that, and then none of it came, none of it panned out. It, it leaves people high and dry in a very bad way, and that's why I don't think it's the right way to go with it. Okay. Um, the next question is: um, uh, Why do we say that we shouldn't ask for bakashis? on Shabbos, but Shemineser is filled with requests from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The requests on Shabbos tend to be more general. They're not specific mundane. And that's the flow of the Shabbos Makashas. Um, it's, it's, it's to make our Shabbos meaningful. It's Tahar Libeinu. Samcheni Bishu Asechas, as general as could be about it, so Chazal reached a nusach of, of, um, that, that expresses the, the ruchnis, the qualities of Shabbos, and a general sense of well-being. They stayed away from protistic bakashas. That's the flow, that's the nusach of it, of, of, of the Shabbos um, bakashas. I'm going to package these next two questions together. They may not be together, but it's uh, maybe the Rashiva wants to address them together. I don't know. So one person asked the question of how should we react to Yom more than the state of Israel? And from, uh, I assume from Hashkafer perspective, and the second question one of the students asked is, how are we supposed to act towards, think about all the not yet from people in our role? And I, I think it's a question, and somebody asked me this week, like, how do we, how do we, in a certain sense, how do we relate to the world at large? Where does, like all of these things, how do they fit in our lives? So the first question about Yom Atzimot and so on. So this was an issue that religious jury had very strong differing opinions. I'll try to explain, I mean, maybe kind of a bird's eye view to understand two sides of it. Um, on the one side, it's undeniable that it's all coming back to Yisrael under their dominion is an incredible event, um, an event unthinkable, um, something that happened a few years after the most unthinkable Chorban Klai Yisrael. It's, 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 it's mind-boggling that each one is, each event in its own is mind-boggling, the two together is mind-boggling. Um, Eretz Yisrael has become an extraordinarily well-developed, miraculous uh, country in terms of economy and, and, and everything about it. It also has become 
the biggest Mokum Torah and Torah has flourished it like it hasn't flourished maybe ever. That, that, that you can say a state. That the amount of people learning and the amount of mitzvahs keeping and so on um, and the level of it is, is probably unrivaled in a few hundred years at least. So that's one side of the, of the equation. The other side is the, the original intention of the Zionist establishment. Zionism as a movement was there to replace religion, even though there were religious Zionists who joined. But the, ideal, the idea and ideal of Zionism was um, Jew, Jew, Jude, Judaism is first and foremost a country with people. Religion is one of the things, like opera. Some people do, some people don't. And there was a very strong push to rid religion um, from people. The olim that came, who were not strong, and especially from Sephardic communities, were, were the, 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 the non-religious Zionists were not non-religious, they were very anti-religious, with a very strong desire to destroy what was. Um, so you have a very complex picture. You have a, a, um, an ideology that either was replacing Judaism or a, a, on a personal level by many people trying to destroy Judaism. It's, um, on the other hand, what it accomplished is tremendous. On, and, and there's another side to the equation, and that is, I guess, where my rebellion and, and so on came from, statehood, state and statehood are harva instruments. They're not an ideal. A flag, an army, a government is a machine. It's, it, it, we don't realize ourselves in the army is not. We realize ourselves in the base medrash, in the base chesed, in the base tefillah, that's where that's who we are. A Bulgarian realizes himself with the Bulgarian flag and Bulgarian anthem. For us, this statehood and a flag and everything else is just a means to be able to run our lives, but it's not the realization. We don't have that realization of statehood. So now the question is when you have a day like Yom Atzmot, it, it's, a, it's a package deal. So there are people who, who, who understand and see the Yad Hashem and therefore say, well, whatever intention those people had, it's ours and we're, we, we'll fill it with the meaning we want to fill it with. There are people who say, we remember the, the terrible people who ran the charge and, and, you know, and nothing good can come out of it. And, there, and I would say in a, in a very broad way, the, the world that I come from, um, the feeling was, in any case, statehood is not to be celebrated. It's, we're glad. It's, it's like the difference between a house and a home. A house is necessity. A home is an ideal. It's a value. It, it's a very different feeling. Um, we also need, to, as long as the people who, um, as long as the people who hold any one of these shittas is genuine, um, then there's what to be said for it. So whether it's the person who is proudly raising a flag and, and davening with kavana halal, for the person who's 
saying kinnis and saying, look at how many people were destroyed by it. If the person is genuine, if he's not just an animal looking for, you know, for activity, but somebody who, who really, really cares for it, or the person who goes about his business sitting and learning. Um, those are all A, valid approaches if it comes from Emmis. And I think in the big picture, everyone needs everyone else. These are three voices, and each one has a truth to it, and nobody has the entire truth. And it's important for everyone to remember the, the incredible events that Kashbrach has unfolded for us, baffling, uh, in, in baffling in the juxtaposition, baffling in everything possible. The terrible Chorbanis that, that generations, that a, 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 whole, a whole generation of, of Sephardi, simple, pious Jews were stripped of the Yiddishkeit, and they're coming back now. It's, it's taken quite a while, but they're, they're, they're coming back. And just the idea that we don't, I mean, we need to keep doing what we need to keep doing and look at everything with halachic eyes and, and do what we're supposed to do. Um, and that was the chinuch that my chinuch was, that sitting and learning, you, the state is a positive thing in the sense that Baruch Hashem, we don't suffer from Goyim. There are issues with the people running the states. You, you deal with it. And um, in yeshivas, they neither they, they they didn't say halal nor kinis. They just sat and learned. If I can if I can uh, share a story about the Mir yeshiva and its uh, political view of things, and I think this story encapsulates what the Mir was. There was a person when I came to Mir yeshiva. Besides Rosh yeshivas, the most chashma person in yeshiva was a younger man named Reb Chaim Kamil. Reb Chaim Kamil was. 40 years old, plus minus when I came to Yeshiva. He had been the one that Rebbe Leizudel chose to learn with Rebbe Nassim Tzvi. Rebbe Chaim Kamil was pure emis, pure taira, pure ben Chaveri. He was a person who actually did not have a brilliant head, but he, he was so methodical in his learning, so calm, so logical, so focused, that everyone would run by their questions and their things by him because Everything was straight. That was the person. He had a breakfast club. At his table, he had a table that he sat and ate breakfast. He used to have a yeshiva every day. He ate breakfast. And you could sit at his table. And he went around the table asking everybody to say what his Rebbe said yesterday in Shir. Um, so, you know, he had this, this very slow drawl. That was like the... So on Yom Matzmot, um, you know, Yeshiva was regular. Yeshiva, there was no, there was no, nothing, you know, it was regular. So I sat next to him and I had heard something about the Chaim Shalomitz doesn't say Tachna, does say Tachna. And I'd heard something, I was a young kid, I was 17 and a little bit interested in politics. And I was curious to hear what goes on. So when he got to me, so before he asked me, I said, is it true that the Chaim Shalomitz doesn't say Tachna or something? So he looked at me with a long look and he said, so what did Reb Arya say in Shia yesterday? And to me, that was a lesson about the yeshiva's Weltanschauung. This is nonsense. What's important is, what did they say in Shia yesterday? They were learning, um, it, it, that year they were learning the Durham, and what they said in Shia was the most important thing possible. And that was it. That was the, that was the, the worldview I came from. So understand there are different opinions by big people. Each, each one of these sides has 
uh, an important statement and, and has a, a, something it stands on. Um, I do believe in the big picture in, from the people that were honest and emis and Ehrlich about their positions. They, they, all three positions sort of in the tug of war contributed some to Kaisal. And this is, and, and on a personal level, this is where I, this is sort of, I, this is the world I come from. And what I am not, and what about the question with the relationship with other? So, so I want to tell people, you whether it's here in America, whether it's the Chilon and Menarches role. So no, you, you know what? I, I would, I, I mean, I, I would let me I could, let me share an anecdote with you. Um, I won't say the name. Some of you might know the name. Some of you might not know the name. There was a person who was a big genius and a, 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 a really an extraordinary genius. And he was the head of the conservative movement's theological seminary. Um, the, um, this person himself was an observant, fully observant Jew, an Orthodox Jew. He, he, he was the head of the seminary. He was a brilliant scholar in, in, in scholarly Gersos and things like that, but just really brilliant. Um, he had a brother who lived near Israel. His brother was a firebrand kanoi. Brisk to him was lukewarm. He was a wonderful person, really nice person, nice older person. I, I know him as an older person. It, it's family. My wife's, they're also my wife's family because through a chazanish. They were first cousins of the chazanish, this person. And, and um, this person was a, a um, and this person was, it was a very nice person, really a nice person, but wow, he, 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 there wasn't anyone sharp enough for him, very firebrand, kanoi to the right of the right of the right. That was the person. Um, when his brother passed away, he was still alive, and he sat shiva, and I went in to be Menachem Avel him. His cousins, he was my mother's first cousin, I believe. First cousin, first cousin. We moved that, that type of relationship. But we were close. He said, you know, the, the yeshiva world did not do right in being Merachik, my brother. If they would have been more Makarev, he would have been different. And everybody, it would have been a win-win situation. He would have stayed more in the fold. You know, even though, even on a personal level, he stayed in the fold. But he was in the fold, and they would have had his scholarship and so on and so forth. I didn't say anything. I wasn't, I wasn't going to spar with him. But I want to tell him, you know, everybody else is also somebody's brother. You know, when you see somebody, God forbid, off the derech. So if it's an outsider, you turn off and you say, yucks, how could the person like that? If, if you're close, you feel all the pain and difficulty. The, 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 um, the people... They, maybe there are situations where we're antagonistic, you know, so they want this law, we want that law, fine. Those, but Tachlis, all of those people um, are related to us. Um, they all had a grandfather, father, somebody who, 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 who they were lost to. And the, 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 the feeling should be a pain. What can we do? I don't know if they're, if they're going to be held accountable. We're going to build a accountable. Is there something we can do to bring these people closer? Uh, the two things that come easiest to mind for people who are not great Makarvim is if you act differently 
if you act nice and good and fine and a Kiddush Hashem, at some point the person says, you know, I was once in a situation like that. I was, I have, again, this is one of my, my wife's extended family cousin from the other side, the Finkel side. He was a Chevron, he was a Chevron, a man, he was a raw, very fine person, a gem of a human being, a gem, a gem, a gem. Just, just one of his people that, everything that. He had a relative that was firebrand anti-religious. In Israel, this is both Israel, he's Israel. And we were sitting at a simple together, all, both the cousin who was, who was a very chashmiyat person, Imam, and this lady. And then a very nice relationship. But this lady was talking against religious, against religious people. And then she looked at her cousin and she said, but you know, they're not like that anymore, the religious people. I guess Herzl must have accomplished something. So, so she ascribed it to Herzl. But, but the point was, because the person she knew who was from was such a mensch and such a good person, it made an impression. And, and, and somewhere along the line, it, it softened, it drew her, it made her want to, 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 you know, to be some, some closeness. And keeping these people to get close. That even somebody who is not a Makarov can accomplish. Being an example yourself of good and right and fine and keeping the cash with these people and dominating. It's somebody's brother, it's somebody's son. And if it wasn't him, his father was somebody's son. And if his father was somebody, it's his grandfather. Somebody, somebody was a son, a lost son of somebody. And they went away because of anger, because of uh, hunger, who knows what. Yeah. Um, the next question is, it's pretty broad. More, more questions than participants. How many questions per participant? There, there are a lot of questions. <laughs> how, how can we really connect to Shabbos? Uh, the questions are questions of Mavak Hashem, clearly. Yes. Um, so, just like you have to prepare for Shabbos a chant if you want to have a chant. It's true about other things as well. Um, I understand the questions by being asked now because it's more muddled. We, we don't have this demarcation where, where you know, there's this shul and there's davening and it's coming home. It's just one long, you know, benashmashes from one end of the week to the other end. As my children at Israel said, the most important thing to remember in this kufa is to change your pajamas at 9.30 in the evening so that you know a new day has, 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 has come. So I, I guess it's, it's, it's something where it's hard. So we can do certain external things. Shaloya hei shaboscha kechoyl that when we do things, we don't speak about this on Shabbos. And everyone make their own this they don't talk about. For one person's business, for one person's sports, for one person's this. There are things on Shabbos that it's a change. Um, each person can make that distinction himself. Um, the other side, even on the physical side, things that we eat on Shabbos that we don't eat in the chol. One of the things that I found bothersome, um, you know, from the world I came from to coming back to America, um, when I grew up. You couldn't have cholent any time of the week except for Shabbos afternoon. There was no kreplach except for Hashanah Rabbah and Erev Yom Kippur and Purim. 
There was no holocaust except for Sefer's Torah. I, I remember the first time I hadn't been in America for a long time, and I came back, and someone took me out to a restaurant, and there was a respectable Balbus eating on, on a Wednesday afternoon in, 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 in Kislev, Kreplach. And I said to myself, so, so how does he know when it's a China rabba? <laughs> like, like the, the, you know, keeping certain things special for Shabbos, is, it, it, it helps a lot. That's why if we wear special clothing on Shabbos, we eat things that we eat only on Shabbos, we don't talk about certain things, giving those, those kind of quasi-physical, emotional distinctions to Shabbos will be helpful. I think learning something, and again, I don't know the person asking, if Shimshon Pincus has a marvelous sefer on Shabbos, and like all this far, very beautiful, very, very haunting. Let me say over Vart, and just to give you, if Shimshon Pincus is a flavor about Shabbos, he says, he asks, why do we say Tzayischem L'Shalom to the Malachim? Don't we want to have Malachim at, 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 uh, at the table? Is it, I mean, why would we want to chase out the Malachim? That's his question. So he says, Shabbos is a chasana between Klal Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when you have a wedding, you, the Olam dances the chasana kal to the Yichud room. And then you turn and say, Rabbi Isai, have a good evening, and you close the door. We want to be together. We and HaKadosh Baruch are together. And even Malachim are disruption. That, that's, that's an incredibly profound um, thought. He was a person that was very, very deep in order. If you would learn every, before every Shabbos, you would find time to learn a piece of that, of, of his things. It gives us a flavor. It gives us some, leave something to learn that, that makes a special spy. Pick a safe special and be covey on Shabbos, just like food and we spoke about and, and clothing, like that. How about something like that? Maybe that would give us a, a, a special feel for Shabbos. Um, the, this is, I, I think this is somebody has to, we need the, the sheer Shabbos after the happening. This girl has to come to the sheer. But how do we come close to Hashem while also having a level of awe, awe reverence? Talk Hadish Baruch Hu? Yeah. Um, both the truth is both together um, are one are, are um, come together. Let's give an example. We have a type of friends that are um, that we like them because they're at our level. They're, they're of the same cut that we are. They think like us. They feel like us. They they you know they're pleasant. They're witty. They're nice. They're fine. They're good. That's one type of friendship. This, that's not Akadish Baruch Sometimes you meet a person that you look up to him, tremendous amount of respect, and you wish you could be close just because that person has so much to offer. So, so that type of feeling is the type of feeling towards Akadish Baruch It's not our buddy-buddy that we're equal, but it's that wish. It's like, you, 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 there's an autumn goddle, and you wish you could just keep sitting and talking to him. It's, it's, it's the, the desire of closeness is because of the reverence you feel for the person. So that's the type of relationship where the Gilu Berada come together. It's because you have such 
appreciation, such regard that you wish you, you could have that cash of your brain shalom? Um, the, I'm just going to repeat something. Somebody just asked, what was the name of the safer for Shabbos? That, uh, I think uh, it's called Shabbos Malkasa. Shabbos Malkasa. I think it's translated into English as well. I, that I don't know. I, I, I it was think so. Beautiful. MF Pincus himself was a very, had very deep and powerful emotions. And, and uh, that safer, I think, uh, yeah, is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, okay. We're, I, I know the Rashiva has another shear soon, but I, I, this is, this is um, an interesting question. Should we believe that we are not going back to normal life this coming year? Should we believe that we're not going to camp this, this summer? And if we are believing this, can we daven for that to change? <laughs> so you don't have to believe in that. You could be worried about it. Um, you know, in, in other words, it, 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 a person, it believe, let's leave belief for things we have to believe in. We don't know. Not knowing is also is perfectly valid. No one has any clue if in three weeks from now, we'll have all forgotten about it. Slowly things will open up and things won't surge again or things will surge. No one knows. And there's no reason to believe one way or the other. And therefore, what's the point of it? On the other hand, it's a worry. People, people, these are years when people want to feel for the person who's at the age of camp. Camp is an important experience. They hope they can, they can have it for the people who, you know, the school, this, that. So you certainly give him a spell that things return to normal as soon as possible uh, for many levels. And, you know, it, 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 in as much as these are extremely important years for yours, for you, and disrupting it the way it's being disrupted is disruptive. So you're perfectly, perfectly entitled to, to be misspelled that a Kodesh should have things, um, that things return to normal and you should be able to do what they're supposed to do now. There's uh, some of these are similar questions, so I'll ask them really together. Um, with all this extra time, is there something we can be doing? I feel like I want to constantly be doing something to quote unquote help but I'm not sure what it could be. That's asked from a, a very hush of a middle schooler. And then another one from what should be, what similar, what should be, what should we be working on, especially in this situation, um, which is like, what, what can we take away from this whole situation? I think they're all, Right. Right. So I, I, we mentioned it before. I think the first thing that a to take away and to feel that you're doing something well is your ability to schedule yourself. In, in other words, the biggest, if I were to pin the number one manishtana of this kufa, is that it's tohu vavohu. Um, Rashi says tovavo means without form or shape, um, and therefore, and, and the ability for a person to make a seder ayom for himself that he keeps and doesn't let himself get distracted, and there are some aids for it, uh, to do schoolwork in a certain corner of a house and not to take calls when you're doing and so on. You know, the, 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 all of these things, uh, structuring your day is, is important. Um, if a person has more time 
than other than, than you know more time than uh, school. You know, if he has more time because there's less school or whatever it is, I would say to undertake a project like um, I, I would say read slash learn. And let me tell you what um, what yes, what not. To take on to learn something that's onerous and you're not going to do it, that's pushing yourself and, and, and asking to fail, not good. If it's to do something that has no value to it, like just reading a, um, a silly novel of some sort, then, then you, it, the, the emptiness gnaws on you. Chaval, you had time and just to waste it on some nonsense. Um, I'm dating myself that reading was, was, was an occupation people did in their spare time for, for uh, but whatever it is, you'll, you'll apply it to whatever it applies to you. But what about, we spoke about history. What about reading biographies and histories, first person stories of people in difficult kufis? Understand what life was like. It, it, you get a bigger picture, an understanding of other people. Um, it may not be as thrilling as some other, but again, I'm, 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 I'm treading a path between something that, that you're going to teach yourself calculus now, that you've always hollished to know um, calculus. Well, uh, I, I don't think that's a smart thing, and not fiduciary kivega either. Um, on the other hand, wasting time. But what about pick some reading that you feel, reading these, at the, today there's so much first-person account. There's so much, uh, certainly the Holocaust, but even before that, I, I would de-emphasize that. There are all sorts of things written different kufis that people can read about and learn and understand. Um, and, and you, you get a picture. Uh, Claudius has traveled through so many difficult times, with so many turbulent times, with so many different types of problems and so many people who, who, who were there for Claudius. Getting a sense of that, I think, can be reasonably enjoyable and extremely rewarding. And that's something I, w- I would think would be extremely rewarding for people to do. Um, we're going to have one last question, Rabarin. Uh, um, what if someone feels like they are doing things right, but doesn't feel a Kesha? They're, try- they're trying to do everything, but the feeling just is not there. So I, this, this, I don't know if this is a, a particular question for this school, for it's a general question. Um, it sounds to me like it's a general question. So understanding that there's sort of the, 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 there is the avoda of connecting emotion to what you do. Let's give an example. Um, a, a mother takes care of a child. It, it requires a lot, a lot, a lot of work and doing what's right and being there. Um, the moments of emotional reward are not constant, but there's when she sits back and sees the child, you know, giggling and happy when, when the child is, is, goes off to school. There are moments, there are times that it gives the inspiration to fill it all. The same thing is true in Yiddishkeit. A lot of it is doing what's right with the emotional connections coming at certain times. Hisponinus. So finding a safer that gives you, and again, a is you have to choose. It's very hard. I always tell people the hardest question I get asked is, what must the safest I learn? It, it really depends on the person. Sit down with a few things that you recommend. 
And a Sefer that speaks to you, that opens up to your Neshama, is the Sefer that will give you emotional connection. And again, do it from time to time. On a Shabbos is a good time to have a specific time. This is there so that you can allow your emotions to connect to the things that you're doing. Um, and that's the point of it. That was the point of Musa. That was the point of Hasidus. Um, for some people, it might be Kumsitz, somebody who's musically gifted. And again, you spend X amount of time at a certain period, once a week, once a month, and, and you sing songs that the words of the song, that they can connect you. Think about all the things a Jew does. The fact that a Jew's life is so disciplined, so focused, so busy with either their neshama or with other people, it, it, that's a very powerful song. When a person is singing, and he's thinking about it, he's, he's focusing on, on, on the meaning, that will be the emotional bridge between your heart and, and, and the activities you do. Okay, we're going to end, Rebarim, with I'm going to give you nachas. Somebody just wrote to me, it's not to answer something, it's something that I have to work on now. Yeah. But a girl just wrote to me, I have a, you should have nachas from this. I have a suggestion. In this day and age, it would be a great time to do, turn out the lights, to turn on the lights, our Hanukkah program, <laughs> or something that has a time limit because it is so easy to waste so much time with not much to do. And it yeah. would be great for Yehudas' neshama. I think that, that amazing suggestion. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much, Rebaran. I, okay. I, I hope we can call on you again. Thank you very much. Yes, okay. Thank you. Thank you to Yaakov Lapiansky, the uh, technical brilliance behind all of this. <laughs> thank you very much. Everybody have a good night. Rockaway Mitsudose's Prusa in Okay. Take care. Bye bye.